Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Time now to talk about team futures, and we will begin with the NFC. Of course, the favorite to win the NFC is the 49ers at plus 175. But boy, there is a lot of Lions love. Highest ticket, Lions at 40.6%. Highest handle goes to Detroit at 43% per BetMGM Insights which of course means the Lions are the biggest liability for the books, Joe. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to take a look this morning and see where they sit. Like we were talking yesterday about, it. okay, okay, the number two overall in DVOA and what kind of tier are we putting the Lions on? Where should they be? Where are they truly in the market? Well, the, the betting market seems to be down a little bit on the Lions, and that's interesting because there's been a – good amount of liability racked up. I mean, we were talking over the summer about how popular the Lions are in Michigan, a legal market. They constantly, they're betting Campbell, they're betting Hutchinson, defensive player, they're betting Lions division, they're betting Lions NFC, Super Bowl, everything. And if you look this morning after the Cowboys win last night, you would think that the Lions are top three in the odds, but they're not. It is Niners, your Super Bowl favorite. They're obviously the favorite for the conference at plus 175. BetMGM has the Eagles at plus 320 after their first loss. Then the Cowboys are the third favorite at plus 450. And Aaron, the Lions are the fourth favorite in the NFC. Not the Super Bowl, but in the NFC at plus 600. And then it uh, big drop down. To the Seahawks. I, I thought there was going to be much more Lions respect in the betting market, and they would at least crack the top three. I didn't think uh, a average win, by, or maybe below average performance by the Cowboys, but it was a win against the Chargers on the road last night, that that was going to keep the Cowboys in the top three, but it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was looking at everything Lions this morning as well, because I think they are playing like the best team in the NFC. And now you've got the Niners who are totally banged up. The Lions are healthier and they've won their last four games by 14 or more points. They've lost one game. We talked about it multiple times. That one went to OT. They could have won that game. They can push you around. You got Dan Campbell. It's just fun. Great coach. He's into analytics, but he's old school too. I I just love everything about this Lions team. The thing with NFC is do we trust them come playoff time? I still like what you guys talked about, I believe, last week. Number one seed NFC, and that's five to one still. I don't know if I can trust them as much to go on a deep playoff run. I think they'll be dangerous. I think they're a team you don't want to run into, but it may be a little early (laughs) for me to feel very confident that they can win the NFC. Um, But still at six to one, I like it. Everything Lions. I mean, I'm shocked that you could still get this much value. I still think they're being a bit disrespected in the betting market. I think you're right, Aaron, not to mention, if you look at the Lions remaining schedule uh, per NFLO and and certainly different rankings are going to look at this differently, but Lions have the 27th hardest or the sixth easiest schedule. And certainly it's the easiest among, you know, real title contenders as far as I'm concerned. The only teams with easier schedules, we're talking about the Falcons and the Saints and the Buccaneers. Like these aren't teams we necessarily think can really contend for the one seed in the NFC or to win the conference and make it to the Super Bowl. But we definitely feel like the Lions have a chance. And because of that division, and there are a lot of division games remaining for Detroit, 
definitely it's something where they can rack up those wins, even if they're not playing well. And look, every NFL team is going to have some bad games. Like, that's just part of the nature of the league. And the Lions will have their bad games as well. It's just, can they survive those bad games and still pick up victories that way? And I feel like with the strength of schedule, the Lions are certainly able to do that. Can I play devil's advocate for a moment? Now... Okay, if we, I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> if we look at the last month of games during this four-game winning streak, there, here are the opposing quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Desmond Ritter. And we know it's going to be a soft schedule moving forward. They're already minus 550 to win the division. The path is there. They're going to win the division. That will not be in question moving forward. They're that good. Um, have they been tested? Yeah, they took down Pat Mahomes in the first game. Um, we're used to a better Pat Mahomes, especially in the first six weeks of the season. Their week two loss in overtime, so they're very close to 6-0. and In overtime was against Geno Smith. They we're, we're, we got Lamar this week, going on the road to face Lamar. Feels like that's mm-hmm. going to be that's obviously the best quarterback they've faced in quite some time. And uh, week 10, they've got Justin Herbert. So I'll be looking at opposing quarterbacks moving forward because it's been an easy road so far for Detroit. They've also won on the road, too. Like, I just think they've been impressive, Mm -hmm. you know, winning by Mm -hmm. at least double digits. They've won on the road. They just did it without their top two running backs. Yeah, I mean, the we talked about the Eagles and how they had that path last year with the easier schedule. I think the Lions have it this year. That's why I like number one seed a little bit better than just NFC. Can I throw one other NFC team out there? And certainly it should be uh, front of mind right now. But I feel like if we're talking about tiers for the NFC, certainly the 49ers and Eagles still are in that top tier. Where we put the Lions, you know, certainly is up for debate. At the same time, the Cowboys are still around. You know, they're not gone. They're still Mm -hmm. there. They can still very much win the NFC East. And look, if they do and you say, well, the division had a down year or whatever, that's fine. You can say that. I I wouldn't have a problem with that. I wonder, though, when it comes to the Cowboys, is it possible that they're just really bad against the 49ers, but they can find ways to win against everybody else? Granted, that defense, I felt like, took a bit of a step back, and Justin Herbert was inaccurate. Now, granted, there was that special team snafu in the fourth quarter that gave Herbert a short field and made the game closer than perhaps it should have been. Still, though, I have some real questions about offensive play calling, and especially with Leighton Vander Esch, the linebacker, being out and forcing Micah Parsons to play outside linebacker instead of defensive end, I think that moves this defense back a little bit to where Parsons isn't able to rush the quarterback as easily. Maybe you don't need to double team him, especially if a quarterback has some short throws, quick throws, things like that. So it's something where if you want to play the Cowboys, better do it now uh, because that defense, once it gets healthier, uh, will be a good bit more formidable. At the same time, is there a possibility that they can just find ways to string together enough wins because they don't have to play the 49ers anymore? Where it's just a bad matchup. That's just not the team. That it's not right. necessarily uh, them losing to good teams. We'll find out at Philadelphia. That's going to be an interesting test in a, in a couple weeks from now, week number nine. They've got the bye, then the Rams at home. Um, I I think the most likely what I don't know how I look at it is 
how to define Dallas right now, it's give me them against the bad teams. I'll lay it. I'll lay the big number. Giants 40 to nothing. Jets 30 to 10. You know, New England 38 to 3. They they will smash these bad teams and then to be determined on on the rest, on the rest, but you know, it it's still still can't explain that Arizona game. That's that's the tough one because Arizona is is now looking like the team we all expected them to look like preseason. Yeah, that Arizona game was perhaps one of the best days of my life. Seeing that L for the Cowboys. I am curious, though, after You're the bye. You're a mom, Aaron. You've had plenty of good days that have nothing to do with the Cowboys. She what said one of. Here? She didn't say the best. She said one of. It's number two. I was like, yes. Oh there it is. All right. Uh, the Rams. That's going to be interesting, too. What do they do against the Rams? If they don't blow out the Rams, like, I would be worried. And their end to the schedule, like, you've got the Seahawks, the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins. I don't know. That's rough. I might have liked the Cowboys yesterday, but that might be about it. It was (laughs) (laughs) short-lived. My dream of making you a Cowboys fan uh, has been... (laughs) Perhaps, perhaps Thanksgiving against the Commanders. We can talk. You know what's funny? What's funny is she hates them so much, but she's pretty good at at calling their spots. Like Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe you've got a vision with the Cowboys. So we're gonna go to you, but unfortunately, we gotta wait two weeks (laughs) till they play again. Like you've been pretty. Like last night, I was not expecting you to to jump on Cowboys. You did. You tried to tell everybody about San Francisco. Maybe it's just all the years of covering the NFC East. Like you said, I've got these weird instincts. Having lived and covered <laughs> the Cowboys, you know, covered the, the Commanders. I've just seen this movie too many times. The, the spidey <laughs> senses are tingly. Cowboys yeah. at home uh, a week from Sunday. So, yeah, we got to wait for a little bit. Let's talk about the AFC South here, because one of the things that I've mentioned before is I feel like or I felt like that there was value betting on both the Colts and the Texans because they were such massive numbers, because I felt like the market was telling us, hey, look, Jacksonville is just that much better than everyone else. There are a couple of offshoots to the AFC South that I think make a whole lot of sense. First of all, I wouldn't bet on the Colts anymore just because Anthony Richardson may be done for the rest of the year. And we might like Gardner Minshew as a backup quarterback, but a backup quarterback's not going to win this division. Yeah, it's a bad division. It's not that bad. So let's slow our roll there for a second. So I do feel like that there's still value in betting on the Texans uh, to win this division. And that's, that's fine. Here's the tricky part, though. The Tennessee Titans, uh, you know, highest ticket percentage for BetMGM at 41.7%. They are the biggest liability, but that shouldn't be a concern at this point because I do think I do feel like that the Titans may be in a position to start tanking. Maybe that's something they should be looking into because with Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill's uh, right ankle sprain, his high right ankle sprain, he may be out for a while. Malik <laughs> Willis, uh, when he played on Sunday, was pressured on nearly 60% of his dropbacks with four sacks. And it's something where Derrick Henry, I do think he's going to get better throughout the course of the remainder of the season. Uh, he nearly went one hundo with plus 50 rushing yards over expected. And I think he's a great trade chip 
once the Titans decide to, mm. to jump ship and, and do all of this. One of the markets that I think is really interesting, in addition to just betting on the Texans to win the division, is also which team will have the worst record. And right now, it looks like there are six teams that have relatively shorter odds, but the Tennessee Titans are not one of those teams. We're looking at something at 40 to 1, 42 to 1 to have the worst record. Well, if they're tanking, and maybe they're really, really good at tanking, maybe we ought to take a flyer for them to have the worst record. Yeah, I I could see it. Okay, so I was g- going to bring up a different team in that same division. And it's some it's a mm. team that I I was expecting the number to get adjusted and it hasn't been adjusted. And it's a team I mentioned a few weeks ago. Now the reason it's not adjusting is cuz they have three wins or sitting on three already. And so it's going to be tough. Like is Carolina really going to get to 3 to tie or, or 4 to pass? But Indianapolis we get word Richardson is probably not, not when they say he's probably not coming back. He's not coming back when you're going right. on the record and saying our rookie quarterback that we're building this team around. We're trying to, it might not come back. He's not coming back. So it's going to be Minshew the rest of the way. Can Indy have the worst record? 110, 110 to one. That that's what I, it's, it's something we talked about before. And I think absolutely. At. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think both teams in that division with the Titans and the Colts, like, you know, it was something where, okay, pick two teams to win the AFC South. Now we can pick two AFC South teams to have the worst regular season record, Aaron. I just think with Minshew, they can actually win some games. Whereas I'm not sure that's the case with Willis and Levis for the Titans. Yeah. I I mean, that worries me more. Willis was in when Willis was in. It's like, you can't pass the ball. Good yeah. luck moving it through the they air. They don't have options at backup quarterback. Yeah. Like they're right. they're they're going to be losing games. So yeah, but with Minshew, he could keep them in game. So I, it's crazy to think the Titans could just fall off a cliff like this. But yeah, I guess it's something I didn't think about. It's definitely there. Whereas you've got this young Texans team, and the rebuild isn't taking very long. Like they're there. They've arrived. Yeah, the the difference with these two scenarios, and I think and Ed did a good job of laying it out, is the Titans can move towards this. The Colts are not. They just paid the running back. The owner's gonna want some wins. He's he's going to. Like, we don't need to have a high draft pick because, you know, yeah, we'll we'll get a playmaker with our next pick, but we've got our guy. We're not drafting another quarterback with our top pick like we did this past year. So I don't think they're gonna be as worried about tanking they're trying to figure out did we get the head coach and play caller right uh they think they do but yeah i think there's gonna be too much pressure to get some wins on the stretch is it dead if they win this weekend against the browns they're short short home dog huge letdown spot for the browns like what's the number four wins can't go past four how's carol what's carolina gonna get to i mean isn't that where the handicap starts and they play carolina in three weeks it's it's three or less is the number, regardless of the teams involved. Three or fewer is what we're looking at. Uh, probably mm-hmm. two or one, but anything more than three, you're you're out of the mix. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we will look at the NFL awards market, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year with Christian McCaffrey's injury, and much, much more. That's right here on the BetQL Network.
He's 12 of 16. Lamb the block. Oh, he's got him. He's got him. And they got a touchdown. Oh, he smoked him. He basically said you could call this play or you could do this, but like whatever, whatever you you want to do. Like I trust that you guys are going to make it right. So that's what we did, and it turned out to be a backflip for Tyreek. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And now we get to the individual awards, and we will start with MVP per BetMGM. Pat Mahomes and Tua Tagovailoa are co-favorites right now at plus 350. We've got Josh Allen at 7-1, Jalen Hurts at 8-1. to Aaron, what stands out to you here? A team that's been getting a little love on this show this week. A big reason why the Lions are 5-1 and one is because of their quarterback. He has been really good, and I don't think they would be in this position if it weren't for him. Jared Goff, uh, I mean, he is averaging the fourth most points per game through six weeks at 28. He's played very well. Um, he's also even above uh, Mahomes in passing yards this season, just slightly above. But I think he definitely has some value at 22 to 1. If the Lions can keep this up, I just think those odds are going to get shorter and shorter, Joe. Whew. Man, probably. But is he going to win the MVP? Is it going to, are we going to get a Purdy performance? So nobody's talking about Purdy being the MVP this week. A week ago, no. that was the number one story in the MVP race was Brock Purdy. Will one bad game throw Goff off track? Kind of think it will because people are looking for any reason, right? To say they don't like him, can't play in cold See, weather, all that stuff. Told ya, <laughs> told ya. Yeah, gets a good defense. Why do people hate golf? The season. They yeah, do, they just do because wanna... he's he's a play action guy. You know, I yeah. think like if you're a heavy play action quarterback, then I think you're kind of disrespected because it's like, okay, it's more about the system. It's more about what's around you. There's not that individual talent like Pat Mahomes has where he can turn something out of nothing for a million different reasons. Golf really isn't that quarterback. And so in that respect, I think that's why there's so much disrespect to him. Hmm. Well, there is value, though. You can't deny that if they can keep this up. I think it's yeah, the, per- the perception is he's not on the list of quarterbacks that raises the level of play of everyone around him. Like that is a that's a short list. And that's the list of guys that we reserve the MVP for right in our minds. Even during hard knocks, like he didn't even really talk. You know, he's just kind of like in Before, the background. Yeah. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, and, and that's not what you think of when you think of a quarterback. You want someone who's going to be dynamic, in your face, gregarious, all of those things. And I don't know if they fit Jared Goff's biography that well. So in that respect, these things kind of matter when we're dealing with, you know, human awards that people vote on. However, is he hurting himself say- by not being more charismatic? Like he has he needs a better marketing like his coach team around him. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you look fake if you do it. Right. Maybe you look fake doing so. However, Aaron, when you're looking at total EPA leaders, 
Golf is fifth right now. Tua, then Purdy, then Mahomes, then Josh Allen, then Jared Goff. And I wonder when we're attacking this market, you look at these top five quarterbacks in EPA, you can make an argument against all of them. You know, Tua, it's the system he's in, and he might get hurt. Purdy, he's young, and we don't know when he's going to fall off a cliff, and it's the system he's in. Pat Mahomes, where are his wide receivers? The offense isn't as good as seasons past, and voters are fatigued by him. Josh Allen, he's inconsistent. He had a bad game on Sunday night, and he will have some more bad games later in the year. And then with Jared Goff, it's the system around him. And so the fact that there are arguments against all of these quarterbacks leads me to believe that maybe you need to go combo platter. If you want to bet into it now, maybe you ought to go combo platter and pick a couple of guys, and maybe Goff should be one of them, Aaron. Yeah, I like it. I mean, especially if you're looking Mm -hmm. for any type of Lions futures, you want to get in now. I don't hate it. I do see the case you guys laid out. It's not like my favorite bet that I feel super confident in. But when I (laughs) saw the number that you could find a 22 to one on golf and right now the Lions are playing like the best team in the NFC. They're certainly the healthiest and the schedule is laid out. Talking about regular season MVP. I could see if they continue. Like I said, this number will just get shorter. Is Trevor Lawrence out if he doesn't play this week? He was a longer shot to be out if he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, he's 18 to 1 at BetMGM. He might be. He really might be. Like, what are the opportunities for him to be in serious consideration? Like, the schedule is certainly weaker, so maybe he can start to string wins together. But Mm -hmm. that was such a slow start that he's had. And when he's gone up against, say, like, quote unquote, other MVP candidates, he's come up short. So I don't know, like, how serious we can take him at this point. Yeah. I think I think he is. I think what we're realizing slowly, like I look at the value ranges. Is Dak yeah. going to be out? Probably because the Cowboys are not going to have an elite record after a couple of losses already. And there's, you know, at least a couple more that it's going to be tough. Is Burrow out at 35 to one? Probably because the struggles have lasted so long. It's been a month and a half of this now. Is Herbert out? Well, look at the team record. Is McCaffrey? Well, he's gonna he's gonna miss a game. We'll we'll see how well we think he will. We'll we'll see how long he ends up being out. Probably he's not a quarterback. Maybe Trevor Lawrence is out. Like we're going. Maybe the list is five right now that could win the award. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably say Goff is one of them. But I do know okay. one thing, Joe, and that is that there are going to be other inferior talk shows out there that are going to talk yeah. about Christian McCaffrey as a serious contender for MVP or Tyreek Hill as a serious contender for MVP. But we mm-hmm. know better not to go after non-quarterbacks, right? Yes. It's a waste of time. It's just something to talk about. It's not going to happen. Not in this era. No, not happening. There's no one else. Yeah. And and now McCaffrey goes down. What were the names that we've talked about over the last couple of years? This year was McCaffrey. That's now a clear cut. No, it was always a no in my world, but okay. Uh, last year at one point, we were talking about Jefferson. Maybe maybe Jefferson will be the guy. That, that is, now he's out. Is Tyreek. Like, so that's the offensive player of the year favorite. Does Tyreek have some sort of a chance? I don't know. It's not happening. It's uh, it we're we're still it's one third of the way through the season, but the list is like it is five, right? It's five or six guys mm-hmm. at most. Lamar's mm-hmm. still alive. I mean, he hasn't played great. 
but he's still live. Yeah. I, I think he has played well and he's live. Yeah. I, I think it's both. It's just that his receivers have kind of let him down. Yeah. And they're not. And the coaches deciding to take field goal after field goal doesn't help his case. And Aaron Rodgers would have to come back like next week and they'd have to like win out for him to win it. Well, right? that would. Yeah. Get your Super Bowl MVP something. tickets right now. Rodgers. Yeah, right. <laughs> ready to go uh joe you mentioned offensive player of the year christian mccaffrey with that injury uh depending upon how how long it'll take him to get back to normal that's going to be a thing but you know two shortest odds tyree kill the favorite plus 145 mccaffrey plus 225 for bet mgm then you're getting into jamar chase and stefan diggs territory at 18 to 1 and then they get massively longer after that what should we do here oh man yeah, I. Is there another case? Is there a case to be made for someone other than the top? That's it. Maybe it's as simple as look. It's either you say it's done right now. When I say it's done, you're you're going Tyreek, but one injury, one injury changes this whole thing, and then there's value everywhere. How many games can McCaffrey miss and win this award? How many Four? Uh, you think? I mean, Probably he puts up that. such like, big numbers that, like, he could still probably. I, I guess it, I didn't say four max, right? You well, think, I think less? it's less than that? I think maybe like two or one. Like I, like I'm expecting Hill to play the full season, and so that'll give him a, a big edge. If and, he doesn't, you know, then that opens it up even more for McCaffrey. And if McCaffrey just puts up crazy numbers, I think he still could be in contention with a max of four. You have other receivers who could open the door or enter the chat, so to speak, like a Jamar Chase. Like if this offense continues to improve under Joe Burrow, it'll be with Chase kind of leading the way. And so I certainly understand where the odds are. You're expecting that to to improve a, a good bit more. I wonder though, like if there are other running backs we can look at in this market. Like I see Raheem Mostert at forty to one. If it's something there where it he becomes the bell cow back, you know he will have the opportunities for big yards, and there may be enough time since we're only a third of the way through the year for him to go nuts and be in consideration. Mostert's number has been crashing over the last two days, so we should talk about mm-hmm. that. He was sure. ninety to one the other day. Now he's 50. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, and people are still betting wow. it. So so yeah. he's, a, he's a big piece right now of the offense you want a part of that maybe at the end of the year we're saying has set all sorts of records. So may, maybe you want – if two is not going to be the MVP, you want someone to get some credit, and maybe offensive player of the year is it. Uh, a tweet from Ian Harditz, 17 game paces. Tyreek, 119 grabs. 2,306 yards, 17 touchdowns. Okay. That's not bad. Mentioned to uh, over 5,300 yards, 40 touchdowns. Mostert is on pace for 1,626 total yards and 31 touchdowns. When we hate running backs. My, uh, yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. I, I just think with the running back position, we've already seen it this year. Can you stay healthy? I mean, I guess mm-hmm. if there's value, it. it's worth a sprinkle to me, but I'm more interested in a wide receiver for offensive player. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But 
you know, I we can get one of the big three pieces of the best offense in football. Is there still value at fifty? Yeah, just padding into that Dolphins I mean, offense just as much as possible. Just get into it when you can because it doesn't look like it's going to be slowing down anytime soon, Aaron. Yep. No, I agree. And it's a great number that also, especially the way Mostert's been playing, it's just going to get shorter. What the likelihood of him staying healthy probably isn't very high. Yeah. I'm going to see if there are any better numbers out there, but it looks like everyone's in that 40 to 50 range now with Mostert. Everybody's betting into that. Mm-hmm. People are tweeting about it right. and the touchdown paces and this and that. And, and I get it. He's going to be the dude over the next month. Mm-hmm. And if and if the Dolphins keep blowing teams out, that means they're going to be running the ball a good bit more. And it's possible, you know, Hill might have that 150 receiving yard day, but we remember the Mostert runs because he gets so mm-hmm. many of them because the Dolphins are just trying to end the game, control the clock, move on to the next contest. That puts him in a fantastic position. All the great stuff we said about A-Chan earlier in the year, now we're just replacing the name, but we're not replacing the context. And so in that regard, I would still bet into 40-1, to 50-1 to 1 for him to win offensive player of the year. I think that's fine. I'm, I'm more than okay yep. as far as that's concerned. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what, what's that um, going to be in another week? If he has like a two, three touchdown right. game, like what's that number going to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so keep crashing. And, and he should get that against mm-hmm. the Eagles. So we'll talk about that, that game later in the week. Shall we talk about comeback player of the year when DeMar Hamlin was inactive uh, in the Bills' last contest? He's still the favorite at minus 190 for BetMGM, but Tua, Cooper Cup, Lamar Jackson still very much in the mix. I just don't know where else you go with this. That's where I'm at on this award. And it, it is worth bringing up that Hamlin was inactive again. I don't know what their plans are for him, if they have them set right now in stone. Still minus 190 just about everywhere for your comeback. Give me the case. Which one's the case? Baker came back down to earth. Is there a quarterback that's in the mix? Uh, If Stafford stays healthy and the Rams end up having a pretty good season, can he be viewed as comeback? What would it take to, to take down Hamlin? What about, we're laughing about it. But can Rodgers win this award if he comes back at the end of the year? That would be incredible. That actually would. I think that because I can't wrap my head around someone like Stafford, who's won a Super Bowl, getting this award over Hamlin. Like if I'm a voter, I'm just not sure I could take pen to paper on that one, you know? And two is a great story, uh, but the Rodgers one – that might be giving Demar Hamlin a run for his money if he still isn't playing. Most people don't are even they have gonna, Rogers on the board. One place has are they going to go with the? Yeah, are they going to go with the conspiracy theorist over the guy that almost died on the field? No, no, they're not. No, no shot in hell. Not a chance. No, right? No, he he got his awards. He got his. Like we want to move on from Aaron Rodgers in some way. Like it'd be cool if he comes back and leads the Jets to something, but. Individual awards like that where you're giving him more honors. Yeah, I'm with you, Paul. I, I don't think that'll happen. This is Matt Guell Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, where is their value on the board in the Heisman race? There's one name I'd like to bring up. We haven't talked about for months, but I think now has value for the Heisman. We will discuss it right here on the BetQL Network.
think it's controversial, really. But don't say it. <laughs> Watching for the end zone. Forget being patient. Arduze. And Washington takes the lead. My goodness. What a one-two punch from Penix. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And now we are getting to the Heisman race. And currently for BetMGM, Michael Penix Jr. is a sizable favorite at minus 145 to take home the hardware. Caleb will. What's wrong with that? (laughs) He's sizable. Okay. Unbelievable, Hawksworth. So ridiculous. Oh, my (laughs) God. Penix, sizable. Welcome back to Metroid Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Time now to talk about who will win the Heisman Trophy. And currently, Michael Penix Jr. is a favorite at minus 145. (laughs) J.J. McCarthy, Dylan Gabriel, co-second favorites at 10 to 1. Caleb Williams went from five to one to start all the way down to 35 to one after USC's loss to Notre Dame. Joe, where would you like to start this conversation? No, you, st- you started, you, you had the tease and it sounded like there is somebody that you circled a few times. You got the highlighter going. I can't wait to hear what I have a guess out of what name uh, you're going to go with. Oh, but, what's but your what guess? You what's your guess? G- give it to me. What's your guess? <sighs> Now, this is mostly based on the tease that you gave, You went to the break, and I remember having an extended conversation about it maybe a couple months ago. Yeah, about a couple months ago about J.J. McCarthy. I wonder if he's compiling the numbers, but just thinking about the upcoming schedule, and yes, not playing top-tier competition, but they're still undefeated. There's a very good chance that Michigan ends up in a playoff. So uh, I was thinking mm-hmm. McCarthy was on your mind. McCarthy is someone I wanted to bring up in terms of Ah. top total EPA leaders. McCarthy, Mm -hmm. Dylan Gabriel, Michael Penix Jr. But there's someone I think has a lot more value than any of these. And he is a quarterback for a team that currently leads some power rankings right now, including Kelly Fords, who we have the utmost respect for. Kyle McCord from Ohio State at 50 to 1 has a path. The Buckeyes host Penn State, they go to Wisconsin, and then later they are at Michigan. Ohio State is playing really, really well right now, in part because of Kyle McCord's play. So is the possibility out there? I mean, look, in terms of advanced numbers, he's not quite at McCarthy's level right now or Dylan Gabriel's level right now, but he is close. And it might be close enough to where if the highlight reel is super-duper impressive against really good competition, not to mention Ohio State, say, runs the table, makes it to the playoff as the Big Ten champion, if that happens, I want that 50-1 to ticket, Joe. I know some Ohio State fans that bet on McCord preseason at a worse number than what's currently available. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me. That I mm-hmm. guess the reason is they're they're saying that we have more top tier quarterbacks than we thought we had going into the season because they're sitting at six and zero, and you know, they've taken care of just about everybody outside of the Notre Dame game. Now they haven't played anybody yet. We, we know the story. 
the McCord, it's a timely conversation because if you think they're going to win this week, yeah. you should bet on McCord. You should bet on them right now because what's that number if they take down Penn State this weekend? Um, and then they don't play another ranked team until the last game of the year. We know which one that one is at the big house. And if he has a performance there, can he pass all these people? Can he pass? Um, the, t- the number of touchdowns is way behind all of these other players, other quarterbacks that could make the playoff. That's a little bit of a concern. The completion percentage way down. Like, what are they going to be valuing the most? We know team success is far and away number one. But what do they look at second, third, fourth as potential tiebreakers? That's what I, I'm always struggling with. But, hey, is in the Big Ten, if they run the table just by being the quarterback of this team, it'll be on the short list. And if you're paying attention, what's happening with Ohio State is these other offensive pieces – uh, excluding Harrison, keep going down. Like, they were down three, their top three running backs on Saturday. And I know it was mm-hmm. Purdue, but like it still just didn't matter. It's plug and play with that team. One that I was looking at, and I just don't know if I'm going to get involved in this market at all, be just with the way Pendix is playing. And I think it's going to be hard to catch up to his numbers. But Jordan Travis, he threw for 284. He had a touchdown, no picks. But it was against Syracuse. So he's going to have to – they're going to have to run the table. They're going to have to finish undefeated. But if he can start to, you know – put up those kind of numbers and performances like he just did. Uh, he's going to have to have big outings uh, against Duke, Miami, Florida. But at 12 to one, Jordan Travis could be worth a look. I wonder too, when we're talking about potential talent in the NFL, how much that matters, because certainly, you know, touchdowns, mm-hmm. advanced metrics, those things uh, are taken into account, no doubt about it. But I do wonder if say, something that voters do consciously or otherwise, they sort of imagine, okay, here's a phenomenal quarterback who had a great year. What's he going to be like? Are we going to be talking about him forever? And we want to give him the hardware now to where in the future, we're going to look back, you know, five, 10 years from now and say, you know what? We made the right decision because look at all the great things that he's doing in the NFL. I wonder if that's part of the equation in some way. Sure. Yeah, I think it has to be. Just there's so much attention, the NFL and, and draft. Is, like that, it's not supposed to seep into it, but it does. But it does. It's out there. It does. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think voters also don't want to look back and say, ah, uh, that guy was a complete bust in the NFL. Should we have given him the Heisman? Maybe it would look Johnny better Manziel. if we went somewhere else. Yes. Uh, who was the, the Oklahoma former quarterback that never made it? White. Oh, this is going to Jason me. White. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And I think we knew at the time, like this guy's not going to make it at the next level. But he was so good in college, mm-hmm. like it didn't matter. Tim Tebow, like nobody else was going to win about it. Him. But mm-hmm. it just kind of doesn't look right, right? I think they do want it to be a successful player at the next level, so it is part of it. Um, okay, I'm glad you brought up Kelly Ford's ratings because that's where I started with the team success and and playoff chances mm-hmm. and all that. And the McCord case is, okay, yeah, Ohio State fifth. But right next to Ohio State, team that lost on Saturday, but it was a close game. Does Bo Nix have a chance? Kelly Florida has him as a 33% chance of making the playoff. And Bo Nix is 30-1. to one. He has seven, no, 18 total touchdowns on the year. 
nearly 80% complete. Like, can they run the table? And then he make they make the the Ducks make the playoff and Bo Nix win this award. Yes, they can run the table. No, I don't think he can win the award because Oregon has been missing explosive plays pretty much all season long. Like the reason why that completion percentage is so high is because they're short throws. And then the yards Mm -hmm. after catch is such where the Ducks go nuts later. And I would argue if, say, explosive plays are a little bit more part of the arsenal, I think Oregon wins that game against Washington. Instead, you know, yeah, it was, you know, the fourth down decisions, all that stuff. But explosive plays have been missing from that offense. And it's crazy because the offensive numbers are very much in favor of Oregon. But I want to see Bo Nix throw the deep ball a good bit more so that that highlight reel looks a bit more impressive. But until that happens, Oregon can run the table, but I don't think Nix would be taken seriously, Aaron. Well, would Nix, would Oregon had to have beaten the Huskies? Right. Like if he would, what would his odds be if Bo Nix and Oregon beat the Huskies last week? Would he oh, be the favorite? Yeah. Who is a favorite? That's a thing. I don't know if he would be the favorite. Like, I mean, maybe he would, he would be, be, but not to the extent that Penix is like M- McCarthy no. and Gabriel would be probably taken even more seriously than they already mm. are. Okay. Okay. I want to, what, what other quick thought on, on the Ohio state front? It, can this so anybody with any sense knows that Ohio State's best offensive player is not the quarterback, but for the most part, it's a quarterback award. But it's not to the level of court of quarterback for NFL MVP. Agree, because we just saw Devonta Smith win it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. could we have a 2020 situation? Like, okay, Ohio State's in the playoff. They end up getting. They have a contender because they're in the playoff. But we all know that Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best offensive player on that team. He's 80 to 1. Like, I, I wonder, would, would voters prefer to go with McCord over Harrison? And we've seen it. And he's, he's probably going to be the first um, non-quarterback drafted, too. Mm-hmm. I just think with so many good quarterbacks... In this class, I don't think they're going to go elsewhere for the Heisman, right? That's a good point. But do they yeah. cancel each other out in some way? Is that a possibility this year where, yeah, we have a lot of really good ones, but is there one who stands out? I, I don't hate the Harrison idea, <laughs> though. There is one player, and I'm glad you brought this up, Joe. There's one player who's not a quarterback who I think we need to be taking seriously. Team success mm-hmm. isn't quite there, but the numbers – this guy has lapped the field in total EPA among wide receivers for collegefootballdata.com. And his name is Malik Neighbors out of LSU at 200 to 1. This guy has 52 catches, 860 yards, and seven touchdowns. And it's October right now. Ooh. He is lapping the field at this position, and it's 200 to 1. He comes from the program that brought us Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase at the same time. We have been focusing so much on Jaden Daniels that we have not taken Malik Neighbors as seriously as perhaps we should be. And if LSU runs the table and wins the SEC championship, I want that Malik Neighbors ticket. Huh. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that would be, that'd be impressive. That'd be the guy. 
It'd be the guy down there. To, yeah, the people would bring up. It's interesting, though, because I remember Brock Bowers, before he got injured, was getting all this yeah. Heisman talk love. Which was silly. That was yeah. silly. Right? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a If there were bets still. to, like, who would be a finalist, who would go to New York, I would put... Yeah. I would place a bet on Bowers, but him winning would have been really hard. And now with that ankle surgery, it's definitely not going to happen, which is just just awful. Hate that for him. Mm-hmm. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Brad Powers joins us to share his reaction to the latest Heisman odds and his favorite plays for the coming weekend. That's right here on the BetQL Network.